Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry. I'm one of your three co-hosts, John, and as ever, I'm joined with... Tim. And... Trent. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. We are returned with David. Hi. And Ben. G'day. Thank you. Today, we are reviewing Minute 30. The minute begins with an up-crotch, up-chin shot of Harry, continuing his painfully slow ascent, and ends with Harry roughly telling the suicide jumper a charming anecdote. Did you like this minute, Ben? Ah, this is a wonderful minute. Is it an improvement on the last? (laughs) Yeah, actually, just watching it now, I think, yeah, I I am coming to (laughs) like this scene more now that we're actually, like, really pulling it apart and sort of looking at it. It does have, uh, yeah, some, uh, some good lighting. Um, seems like, yeah, they probably didn't have that many lights. Um, but the fact that they shot it all in one night is uh, pretty impressive. The cherry pick is still still taking its time to ascend, David. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Clint's back to chewing his gum, I think, Trent. Mm, looks like yeah. it. So, what do you think of this minute, Tim? It's good. A bit more dialogue. Mm-hmm. Progresses the story along. Did you notice, it's just a coincidence, but there's a cocktail bar next door and looks like they've censored the word cocktail. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> just a, didn't notice that. Really? No way. You'll soon see. I think we can assume the jumper is a southerner. He's got a southern accent. I, I think I'm going to pick. Yeah, <laughs> really? kind of. That's in the next minute. Sorry. <laughs> I wonder what, what sort of people had yellow glasses. Hippies. Hippies in the 70s, you think? Or just- no, uh, no, he's too old for that. Vietnam vet. It seems like a kind of Elvis type thing to me. Yeah. It was a, a, a pretty common with middle-aged men. Did they have an Michael. easy rider? Were they wearing yellow glasses? Yeah, Fonda did, yeah. My, my dad had a pair at that time. Does the jumper kind of look like Sam Worthington a bit? <laughs> you reckon? And, and you know how he was in that stupid... Well, not that I watched it. Man on a Ledge. Man on a Ledge. Yeah. <laughs> Could we just stop this film and just watch Man on a Ledge? <laughs> Is he actually on a ledge in the film? It's about a suicide... Yeah, I think he plays the suicide jumper. But I, I haven't seen it. So, so it's I... not like Man on Fire where there's no Man on Fire. <laughs> I think, I think someone got blown up. <laughs> Biggest disappointment in cinema ever. <laughs> Hey, John, you're right. They did cut out the word cock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just fine in the way. Yeah, it's like the family guy, the dick vamp. Bad Um. So once again, the minute ends halfway through Harry's whole shtick, his anecdote. And um, did you enjoy that, David? Yeah, well, I think Harry's cruelty in this scene is obviously just trying to be shown in a kind of more positive light because... He's trying to use reverse psychology on him uh, as a tactic to stop him from actually committing suicide. So I thought that was kind of cool. You're seeing a different side to him. So, yeah. And like I I said in the previous minute, um, 
I was kind of, I guess, talking about this minute. Nearly all of this scene is shot with Harry's face half in light, half in darkness. Mm. And, you know, like when I'm teaching my students English, uh, that's symbolic in, you know, cartoons and often in films. A person is, a, you know, complex character. Uh, mm-hmm. if they are shot that way. Um, but they're also kind of made to look slightly sinister. There's a lot of different ways you can take a person's face being half in light, half in darkness. Of course, the other side of it is you could just say, well, um, they just needed some lighting and they wanted to, to look natural. So they had the spotlights down below and there wouldn't be any lights up top. So mm. that would be the more... The natural yeah, explanation. The natural explanation. But I, I think... There might be some reason that his life, his face is half in darkness. Well, half of Harry is the evil of Scorpio, and half of him is Harry. Two characters will later merge <laughs> symbolically in the stadium. Tim, don't you? It's like one of those movies where it's, there's a trick ending, and it's the same. Yeah. the same yeah, line. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this would have been quite novel at the time, Ben. Maybe like a policeman treating a possible suicide with this. Lack of respect. Uh, I'm trying to think of other suicides sort of uh, in movies. There's a lot of them after this. Man on the Ledge. (laughs) (laughs) When was that then? Probably about 10 years ago. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Was that a direct sequel to this scene, was it? (laughs) Of course, um, after this movie, a lot of followed Lethal Weapon. I think we've talked Mm. about that scene. Oh, yeah. 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 There's um, (laughs) my favourite one, of course, is the Gene Wilder one, where everyone thinks he's suiciding, but he's just out of the room while... That woman, <laughs> Kelly LeBrock, is <laughs> having sex with her husband. Everyone thinks he's suiciding. Um, what are some other ones? The one in Superman? Or was that just the helicopter coming off the uh, Yeah. <laughs> Danger, you've seen Van Wilder. I think there's a famous scene in there. No, I haven't seen Van Wilder, John. You must be confusing me with someone else. <laughs> but I think at the time, this would have been a bit different. Do you think well, Paul I Newman was, would have done something like that? Or I was joking before that, like, you know, is this the first time that one of those cherry pickers has been featured in a movie? Like, <laughs> and that's why they had to spend a good two, three minutes showing it off. Going <laughs> on. Just so people understood how it worked, you know. They might not have known and, what he was doing. And they budgeted six days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the Towering Inferno. Wait, the Towering Inferno was after this, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they became super popular after this movie. This is an experimental one borrowed from the army. <laughs> so Harry's beginning to be funny here, David, don't you think? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I can't remember exactly what he says. I, I mean, I think he's trying to be cruel, not funny, but it's, yeah, I don't know. This, of course, this suicide uh, is, you know, holding the city to ransom emotionally, Ben. And Harry doesn't like that. Wasting taxpayers' time and money. <laughs> I know you don't believe in my quotes, Tim, but here's another one. <laughs> the quotes you wrote yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Harry is invariably a man in total control. He is his own law and his own morality. Independent, unfettered and unfathomable. He is a non-dimensional symbol of man as pure superiority. He is a super stud. Thus said Life magazine article 1971. Wow. Disgust, Danger. Uh, well, yeah, a super stud. I mean, he doesn't have sex in this film, does he? No. Uh, he looks at some breasts. He just looks. Uh, he's a boy. Yeah, he is a bit of a person. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, but I, I guess what makes him cool, what would make him attractive is that uh, he just does what he wants. So, you know, that's the kind of typical hero type uh, actions. So, yeah, that's something that's something sexy about him. Question today, who would handle a suicide attempt like this? Would there be a specific psychologist policeman or is it well, as a hostage negotiator? Would he do it? A hostage negotiator type person would do it. In fact, even in 1971, they would do it. And I know this because I've been reading a book about a guy who started as an American uh, negotiator mm. uh, in the early 70s. So Don't tell me he committed suicide later. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, that was actually the inspiration for uh, the Silence of the Lambs book. That guy became a psychologist who worked on serial oh, killer really? cases. Oh. Yes. Huh. So, uh, yeah, they would have actually had someone talking to him, at, well, in a big city. And it's yeah. pretty risky to do the whole sarcastic thing. Yeah, I mean, you need to know something about them before you start talking to them and things like that, so... There's a lot. You, you can't just kind of go in like they do in this film and just start giving them shit because you don't know how they're going to take it. There'd be a lot of kudos and respect for someone if you successfully do this sort of work. Sure. It's not a dirty job, is it? Or back but then it would be. You'd be full of PTSD for the yeah. trauma of having to deal with Yeah, something. or if you get it wrong, you know, that was like, well, you might, in this case, mm. might not have actually been his uh, part of his job description to do this. And then it's like, well, you, you went out looking for Scorpio and you fail to um, talk some guy off a roof and now he's splat on the ground. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a gamble. But uh, do you think um, uh, this movie had an effect on the police force? I mean, it really has that sort of hero cop kind of quality where he's the good one and yeah. everybody else is just kind of shit at their job. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, what I mean is uh, if you were say, San Francisco police, and you went to watch this, how would you feel about that sort of display of it? Yeah. Well, we've yeah. seen in um, Zodiac, obviously, Toshi... Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the yeah, Toshi character, yeah. he comes off disgust. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting because in this in this movie, the cops, or Dirty Harry's, he's sort of portrayed as, no, I'm the minority because the whole world's conspiring against me with your liberal ideas of protecting the innocent and whatever and letting disturbed emotional guys like this just... Not you know hold the city to ransom or occupy our attention. This guy's just crying out for yeah. attention. I mean, I think that the whole film is a reaction to what was happening in America in a whole bunch of different ways. No doubt. Uh, yeah. The most obvious is things like serial killers, like the Zodiac Killer, um, but also just uh, like prison reforms at the time and uh, people saying, "Oh, you know, do you know that pe- prisoners are being treated terribly?" Uh, Miranda rights coming into effect. Attica, all of Attica, Attica. all of those types of things. Uh, probably to right wing people, it would have seemed like the world was kind of going crazy. You know, they would have thought, "Who cares about prisoners? Uh, why do we have to tell um, criminals that they have rights when we arrest them? Uh, what the hell is the story with someone?" crazy like uh charles manson and why did people follow him when he's such a man and all of that type of stuff i think that this movie is really a reaction to all of those things happening in the mid to late 60s and early 70s so it's he's also kind of typical of a lot of conservative men of that era in that you know they're very much against uh 
liberalism and things like that, except if it's convenient in the forms of, you know, um, shall we say titillation and whatever. They're happy to have a perv <laughs> at women and whatever that they wouldn't have been able to before. But you know, anything else sort of free thinking, forget about it. All the crowd that's assembled below, do you think that the humanity today would be just as engaged and they'll be hovering, wouldn't they be scared? Oh, with everyone scared? out with their phones. Oh, God, Everybody yeah. like, you know. But yeah. more people would be scared, like, oh, hovering out of the way. Oh, no, fuck no. no. There'd probably be people climbing the opposite roofs to yeah. get better vantage points to shoot it. Like. And once again, back in 1971, would you be just as unlikely to hear about in the news the next day as we are now? Or do you reckon they'd, there'd be less censorship now? Depends, like, how busy a news cycle it is. Like, you'd get mm. it on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah... If there was something where somebody actually died or was shot or whatever, that would probably get the coverage. Good friend of the show, Chris Hastall, has observed that in newspapers today, they're slowly liberalising. They used to just say a police incident or the coded words, it is not believed to be suspicious. It usually means suicide, I think. It is not believed oh, okay. to be suspicious and those sort of things. But would people still attempt to... In this particular, yeah, off a ledge. Why not? Has it happened in Melbourne in your guys' well, knowledge? I, I, I mean, it happens in Westgate so, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, people throwing themselves off that. I mean, Australia has one of the highest suicide rates in the world, but we never really hear about it. And yeah, because it doesn't make news. But I suppose what you can't escape these days is at least people be taking photos of the crowd at least. I wonder what they're hanging around. I wonder how much of the crowd there were actually like paid extras and how <laughs> many were people, you know, because it was all lit up, just yeah. sort of like wandering <laughs> down and having a look. I'm just thinking with today's architecture, do they design buildings to make it, I don't know, like they've still got windows, but mm. the, the common oh, design yeah, is like... It wouldn't a, open out or like, yeah, yeah unless yeah. you actually lived in the building, you wouldn't be able to get on the roof, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> is jumping off a roof becoming a less popular way yeah. of committing suicide <laughs> <laughs> nowadays? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do people, t- do terrorists threat to like take people up there? chained up and threatened to jump off with them or uh, can't, last time I spoke to a terrorist I can't remember what they said <laughs> it didn't come up in conversation without any um, uh, sorry listeners without any joking we do encourage you to go to Beyond Blue if you're Lifeline Lifeline oh yeah absolutely yeah uh, just thinking about has everyone here seen The Room oh yeah no but yeah, yeah, yeah go on it's, yeah, there's I'm- a lot of rooftop bits in that and um, you know that's film's 2003 I did watch a trailer for it and I couldn't make heads or tails of it. (laughs) Try watching the film. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of heads and tails, Danger, someone someone said that um, often with big um, suicide attempts from buildings that the force knocks their shoes off. Is that right? Often when they're falling? Uh, I'm not an expert in... uh, jumping off buildings so i don't know the answer to that question i do have a little like anecdote about that though my dad fell through a roof which is about two stories or so um and when he landed on the floor um his shoes were found like four or five meters away from him um and you know they were like lace-up boots um yeah and so it's like what the hell so it's one of those stories you hear about and you just think nah that's bullcrap and then like yeah. So. So the impact just. Yeah, you'd like do it again so we can film it in <laughs> slow motion. <laughs> Far out. I do know one thing isn't true about people jumping off buildings. Sometimes you hear people say that uh, they would have died before they hit the ground because they would have been so afraid. But apparently, that's definitely not true. Oh. So, 
yeah, it's the hitting the ground that kills you for sure. <laughs> Unless you have the heart attack and then you fall out. That's what causes you to fall over, maybe. Have any of you seen that documentary called The Bridge? About the ones jumping yeah. off the Sanford, the Golden yeah, Gate? Yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. yeah. They, if you haven't seen it, they set up cameras for a year just watching the bridge. Jesus and Christ. Found, I think it was like 30 people jumped or tried to jump off. Yeah. Good winter viewing. <laughs> One of them survived, and he's like, "Oh, it's like a sign, you know, from yeah. God." Or and they're saying like ninety percent of people say, "As soon as it survived, said as soon as like within one second, I don't want to die." Yeah. Die. yeah. <laughs> well, going back to nineteen seventy-one, which I wish I could literally in a time machine. But if you were in the audience watching Harry in this scene, like just laughing, not doing the heroic thing and trying to get the guy to reconsider your life's worth living. Would you have, would you have thought less of what you know of Dirty Harry now, uh, Danger? Like half. Uh, yes, I would. Um, it's interesting looking at how the public deals with this kind of stuff because I think in the West, you know, uh, most people would think that he was not good for treating this guy with such little respect unless you interpret his actions as like i said river psychology trying to get him to you know come down um but in china uh there was a case recently of a woman who was uh thinking about jumping off a building and everybody was yelling out ah jump we bet you won't blah blah blah," things like that so uh, i think it's a little bit cultural um yeah in the west it's considered uh bad to kill yourself but not uh, kind of an affront to society. But I think in China, people um, think that you are a bad person for uh, not um, looking after your parents and stuff. So it, you don't, uh, you're not seen as having a right to kill yourself in China. So that's a, a different thing to Western culture. Nice to know. I wonder if there's a Chinese version of Dirty Harry. <laughs> can we put you on the case you'll you'll look out for that dave i know that there's a chinese version of rambo um <laughs> called wolf warrior and <laughs> wolf warrior 2 uh it's in africa um all about how chinese aren't getting respect in africa uh, yeah so it's got any danger field in it no respect in Africa they're gonna go rescue him <laughs> he's the Richard Krennic character <laughs> we've got Indian Rambo oh sorry Dirty Harry, Harry yeah. and Turkish Dirty Harry I've got them oh good yeah, please yeah, watch I, your, I obtained them yeah. watch your report back yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Indian one's a bit Poorly named in English, isn't it? Coon, coon, or something. Or something like that. After the cheese. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty much all I have for this minute, guys. I was just left some time to mention that um, suicide a- appears a few times in Eastwood films, and in fact, a few times in this. Later on, Harry will flippantly say to Alice, go kill yourself at home. Um, in the Deadpool, a guy douses himself in petrol danger and, like, wants the. He want, before he lights himself on fire, he wants to speak to the police. He wants to speak to the news, the media. And, of course, in the movie, just previous to this, play Misty for me. Jessica Walters um, actually attempts suicide to um, emotionally blackmail Clint's character. So it's a theme. And there's a few other movies, I think, in The Rookie and maybe The Enforcer. Yeah, so the theme pops up a bit in Eastwood's. 
career. And it's also what you feel like doing after watching Any Which Way But Loose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I prefer that to the gauntlet, though. But not Space Cowboys. <laughs> well, that's pretty much all I've got, Danger. David, sorry. I must call you David. Will you return? Yeah, definitely. Ben, for future minutes? Sure, why not? We'll catch you next time at... Dirty, Dirty Harry Minute. 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 Dirty Harry. Minute. Thanks, guys. Bye.